You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Scandal After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV's Scandal After Show. What's up, gladiators? Bing is for doing, and we are here doing another after show for Scandal. It is season two, episode 14, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, a.k.a. what? <laughs> a.k.a. WTF. We're about to have a bleep on the air. Um, WTF. Um, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. I am uh, your gladiator, Emil Ennis Jr., and I'm joined here with three other amazing gladiators, starting with... Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. Hi, Sophia Stanley. And I am Bam Erickson. And everybody get ready for Scandal Pace. So since it's Valentine's Day, not Valentine, since it's Valentine's Day, sorry, it's a pet peeve, we wanted to do a special Scandal Pace today where we each talk about our favorite um, or most romantic moments between Olivia and Fitz or sexiest, whatever you want to talk about. So my favorite moment um, was the scene after the inauguration where Olivia and Fitz had their moment in the Oval Office, which was known as Deskgate. Um, that was definitely a very, very hot moment, especially when you hiked her up on the desk. And I will leave it at that. But that is my favorite moment so far. Um, and I'll <laughs> go over to Cornelia because I'm getting hot. <laughs> oh, my favorite scene was uh, the scene where Fitz was in the hospital, still unconscious in the bed. And Olivia mm-hmm. came in and finally laid next to him while he was uh, laying there. It was like a real peaceful moment. I liked it. It, it was like that time where she finally... Um, connected with him while he was going through his ordeal, even though he wasn't conscious, but it was a nice moment for me. And that also goes to show man-woman. Like, Mm -hmm. very romantic, (laughs) very sexual. Mm. Now I want to change mine. (laughs) 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 No, um, my favorite um, is known as, uh, or just, I guess, the reference is the Rose Garden. Um, And it was, for me, it was the first time that not only did Olivia... Um, I guess confess her emotions that she you know breathes for him she lives for him but more importantly it was the first time that we heard uh, the president exclaim that that Olivia belongs to him um, and I think that that belonging in terms of love is integral but more importantly I think that you have to give love not just take love so I think that they were both saying to each other I am giving myself to you um, and so I think that that really just showed that it wasn't simply a relationship based on lust. It was truly a relationship based on love. I'm torn between two. One was outside in the in the garden when he tied her shoe, and the second one would be the one minute, the second time when they were um, when they were at Olivia's house, and they just wanted to hold each other for one minute. So they were. Those are both two romantic ways for me. 
that I thought. But also what's really interesting about Valentine's Day, um, Amila and I, we pretty much um, have similar backgrounds, you know, being preacher's kids. And something that we were always taught is when we are among women on Valentine's, we it's should always so we should always have something for women. Oh, so. So Bam got y'all candy, but I have prepared a song. <clears throat> Here it goes. <clears throat> One, you're like our dreams come true. Two, we love co-hosting this after show with you. Three, we think it's plain to see that you're the reason why we love doing this scandal after show on After Buzz TV. <laughs> Four repeat steps. So one, two, three, five. Somebody please get me a cup of tea. <laughs> oh my, oh goodness. my goodness. Oh You're my done. God. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. We are very rarely surprised. Oh my God. I'm, down, I'm blushing. Oh my God. I'm so hot. <laughs> we just wanted to do that for you. So happy Valentine's happy Day. Thank you. Yes. Thank you guys. Oh my goodness. And to the people in the chat room, yes, I am 23 and I'm glad you like my bow tie. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Thank you. Let's oh break down goodness. this episode. Um, it was I great to see we started 10 months later in this episode. And especially after last week, I think we all need a, a break from that. Um, so we want to start with talking about the whole uh, David-Wendy storyline. So we open up with David in the bed, waking up in the bed. And he has this dead woman next to him who's been stabbed. And there's blood on him, blood on her. And we don't know what's going on. But obviously, I know we didn't think that David did it. And we find out later on that he's been framed. Um, so with this... What did you guys think about the way they approached the situation? I like how, because at first I thought they were going to do the same thing where, um, who was it? They did it where they cleaned up after the, uh, the, Quinn, 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 her and boyfriend, and the, the preacher. other woman, the, the, preacher. Yeah. the preacher. So I thought they were going to do the same thing exactly, but I like how they asked David what he wanted to do, what he thought would be appropriate for the situation. Well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, they have never really had an inside person from the perspective of how the prosecution thinks about things. Number one. Number two, they know that David isn't a normal client who is just going to basically roll over and play dead. So in this instance, I think they had to change the rules a little bit and have, um, you know, some form of his consent or else it wasn't going to work. And also just the kind of person that David is, David is not going to sit He's not going to sit and be quiet. He's going to have to put in his two cents, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, so, Olivia, that was one of the moments where Olivia was looking out for him and gave him that option first because normally Olivia kind of does what he wants. Olivia normally does what she wants to do, and that's how, that's how they butt heads, which they did later. But that was a good moment for her to ask, okay, what to do, because she knew with David's legal background, he was not going to do that. So in that instance, it worked well for the two of them. And maybe, too, because uh, she knew that he had some type of resentment towards her. So mm -hmm. it was pretty kind of like, I'm asking you what you want me to do. I don't have to do this. If you don't want me to, mm -hmm. I can leave. Like, we can leave. Tell me what you want. So I, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good moment. It was sad to see as... Oh, no, uh, and the, uh, the only thing I was going to say is... It was also, and I think this is, I think, what everyone's alluding to, it was also slight submission, right? Because mm -hmm. she basically was like, I need you to basically say that you need me. And that's, I think, really what that was. Mm -hmm. I was going to say it was sad to see how his life has changed in these past 10 months because we saw he's been looking for work. He couldn't find work, so he ended up getting a job at a school teaching. And obviously the kids aren't interested in what he has to say. He and he's to, teaching government. Yeah, government. And his grandmother had to pay for yeah. his rent. Like, it was just a sad case. And that obviously adds tension between him and Olivia. Um, 
I don't know. It just it didn't sit well with me, and it seems as if David is still, which I don't know yet, still the one person who truly tried to wear the wet, white hat, and it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. This is my only thing is I, I completely agree with you. I feel bad for him. However, in order to have worn the white hat that he did, specifically with the position that he held, you know, at the U.S. Um, uh, U.S. U.S. Attorney's Office. It's almost as if he's not in Washington, D.C. Like, you need to know how the game is played. So I fully understand his desire to wear the white hat. I fully understand his desire for justice. But you're dealing with a potential election rigging for the president of the United States of America. You already know somewhat that Olivia's involved, right? You know that Hollis Doyle, who has, you know, basically a free pass in the White House, is involved. And you're not quite sure who else, right? But then you also know James is involved. And in my mind, the minute James perjured himself, you know that Cyrus is involved, right? So those are three of presumably the most powerful people in the, in the entire world. The fact that he keeps kind of like he's just a bull in a china shop... He seems a little bit too naive for me. So it's kind of like, buck up, dude, and like either accept your consequences, and I'm just playing for the sake of being devil's advocate, like accept your consequences. If you want to be a bull in a china shop, like of course everyone's going to like shun you or basically like you're almost like a leper. No one wants to touch you or toughen up a little bit and work the system a little with a little bit more finesse. He has absolutely no finesse for someone who works and lives in the District of Columbia. And also... I'm going to piggy off you, Sophia. In addition to that, there was a team of people who were involved with the rigging this election. So do you think that you, David, all by yourself can take down all of these people? This was a team. You need a team. You need a team that you need a team that you can trust that's going to, that's going to help you take this down. So at the same time, I understand that he wants to do the right thing. But the wrong thing happened and it was a team of people. So you need to get some people to help you with this because you can't do this by yourself. So I do feel I, 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 David has had not only not just 10 months, but the months prior to that when when he got off, um, when he lost the case for um, for Quinn, he's had a bad year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. Had a, he's had a bad year. So David needs to get a team. He does. Well, with the whole Wendy thing, since we go back to that, um, basically, Wendy we find out was taking pictures of men, but also she was trying to extract information from them in order to sell it to another outlet. And they used the geotagging, right, in order to locate where these men were and who they could possibly be. And then we uh, see, like I said, she's digging up the stories and Olivia goes to talk to David about this. And then David basically thinks that Olivia is trying to ruin his life and Olivia is the one who set him up. I, I completely agree with them, though. I don't, I don't know if I would have taken it to that extent, though. I don't think, even despite the fact Olivia did all these things, Olivia's just trying to save her ass, but I don't think he should... But, but okay. I don't think that he should go to the extent of thinking Olivia was out to get him specifically. It was just about Olivia saving herself. But, but she, he didn't... The thing is, I, like you said, I get where he's coming from, but on the flip side, she didn't have to set him up. He buried himself. When he kept digging for information over That's and true. over and over and over again, she didn't have to plant a body in there. Nobody wants to deal with David. Nobody wants to talk to him. Nobody is going to listen. So even though he is still out here with this information, who's really going to entertain it? Nobody. Unless he somehow finds additional people who can back him up. But nobody in regards to defiance needed to plant anything else on David. He, he's, he's done. But Cornelia. 
they were friends. No, I get that perspective. She's, she has done a lot of the things that friends just simply do not do. No, I get. I totally get that perspective, but he said here out of his own mouth, nobody will deal with me. Like he's done. Mm-hmm. She didn't. No, she didn't have to plant a body. Like that would that would basically be her, like trying to kill him, like in his life. She didn't have to do that. Yeah, and and on some levels, I'm gonna go off on a slight tangent. That just in general is messy. If she wanted to take care of him. Just real talk, she would have taken care of him clean. This isn't clean because this does allow him to rant and rave, which this the scene, you know, the half scene right before is him in his old office. You know, when Harrison basically informs him, don't say anything. And we all knew David was obviously going to open his mouth because that's who David is. And I think that's what fueled him basically saying to Olivia, like, how much do I owe you? How much do I owe you? And I think that interchange, that exchange of words was necessary because basically he was saying, like, I sold my soul to the devil. Like, he had to make sure that that she knew that the only reason he came to her was because he had no other choice but basically he was saying even if I go down for this and I go to prison I would rather go to prison than make a deal with the devil and the payment which we're going to come back to in a minute is one of the most degrading things that you can say to someone like how much do I owe you like let me just write a check and you be gone and I think that's why it was necessary for her to be like you can't afford me Uh, boo hoo Olivia he can't Take Olivia out of it. If it was someone else, he can't afford. He can't. He no. got money from his grandma. I was just about to say. Yeah. I was thinking that same thing. He can't thing. even pay his yeah, own rent. Take her out. He can't yeah. afford a lawyer. When I yeah. saw that scene, I said, "Okay, I get it." David, David, David was trying to be a little sly with her, like, "How much do I owe you?" Yeah. And when she said, "You can't afford me," it was basically, "You can't afford anybody." So right. if I don't help you for free, yeah. you're either defending yourself or you're going to. It's three hundred. He had less than three hundred dollars in his in his bank. Straight account. to the slammer. My my what? point. My point was that is damn Olivia. Just say you sorry or something. Have some kind of just. You, no, she's, no 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 no. And I, I and this is the funny thing is I would agree with you if it was someone other than David Rosen. This is an attorney general for the United States of America. He of all people know he knows what Washington D.C. is about. When they talk about secrets in Washington D.C. and knowing where the bodies are buried and so forth and so on, he's privy to that. So if you're going to have a case of this stature, and I think I said this last episode, he should have had all of his facts. Like, think about it. Most things, like even, you know, talking about Deskgate and Shoegate, whatever, even Watergate, like, that's why there's a secret person who gets all the information, goes in and makes secret tapes, and you get your entire case, and you usually blow the whistle not through a court case, you leak it through the court of public opinion, which ironically is what Olivia does. See, he was trying to go through the court system, which in Washington, D.C., and arguably in the United States of America, that's a moot point. Yeah. No one really cares about that. We care what we think. If we think you're guilty, you're guilty. If we think you're innocent, you're innocent. That's where he should have played the game. Well, and he knows better. Okay, well, Olivia got played later, and we'll talk about that. Yeah. So I'm, oh, I'm, I'm done with is. this. Yeah. I'm done with David. Yeah. The, the thing is, when David was in the office um, with Harrison, and he defended himself and pulled the idiot card, I thought that was great. Because I, I don't really think David has a lot of memorable scenes just being honest but that was a scene where I felt like yeah because he didn't have anything to, anything to lose at that point and he doesn't really know Harrison David's a lawyer and if you don't know the lawyer that's sitting I'm not a lawyer I'm just saying if I were a professional in my arena and you had me in the room with another professional and I don't really know your work I'm not going to let you speak on behalf of me because I know my own work and he what did he have to lose either go to the slammer 
or walk out of there like he did. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. Do you think that? Do you think that the reason why? Because you guys were just talking about the scene with Olivia, and um, he said, uh, "How much do I owe you?" Do you think it was because he got a little bit of renewed confidence in Definitely. that scene? That's what I was thinking. Definitely. Definitely. And he thought he was badass after that yeah. scene, and he didn't yeah. need Olivia's help, which he still does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the same. He needed to come to that conclusion. Yeah. I think there's a difference when you, um, and, and it's funny because I think this is symbolic of almost all the relationships on this show. It's one thing when you come to someone from a point of desperation. That's never a solid bond. There's a difference when you actually come from a place of confidence. So even when he found the USB and realized and looked on it and basically found all that information, even though he knew he was in trouble and was like, oh, darn, I could really be going to prison. If you notice the way he came to the office, he was calmer. Mm -hmm. And he was, it was his old day, but he was like, this is what I found. This is what I'm thinking happening. You know, they found there's obviously all this information, all this intel, blah, 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 blah. I need your help. I don't want to go to prison. And even the way that she, you know, held up her her whiskey and he held up his whiskey, it was consent. It was like, we're in this together, kind of, in a standpoint. Like, we're both going to do this together more so than, like, I need you from a place of desperation. And that's why I think it's possible for them now to move forward. And what I liked yeah, about that scene is, what I was going to say is, uh, what I liked about that scene is, I think maybe Olivia said it, David is really focused on just making sure justice is served. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and she yeah. said, this is about you dusting off the white hat and putting it back where it belongs. And for her, it seemed like she was talking about herself, too. Like, she, it was, it felt like she remembers wearing the white hat. She got wrapped up in defiance, and she got wrapped up with the whole Fitz thing. But that, to her, was like, listen, we're both going to put the white hat back on. We, you know, we know what it is, and let's do it. I Cheers. Also, is it time to move on? Yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, the, the one thing that I do like about David and Olivia's relationship is one minute he hates her guts and then the next minute they he you know he kind of forgives her like the just the nature of their friendship I, well, I, really, I don't think that he necessarily forgave her I think like like I said I think it's just a matter of him wanting to see justice served he just wants to make sure that justice is served and he needs Olivia's help to I know that but amongst all of that they are friends yeah. so it's just it's just certain things like when they were when they were there together and they was drinking the little subtle smiles they're friends and sometimes they forget about that and then once all the chaos kind of goes away then they remember you know what we're friends yeah. I'm gonna just I'm gonna forgive that you you know you <laughs> what you did to me we're friends um well quickly it's that time again, guys, for iTunes. Um, every week, we talk to you guys about iTunes, and it's not in vain, clearly, because we're up to 265 ratings at the last time I checked on iTunes, um, and we really appreciate it. What we ask that you do is go to iTunes um, and go to the podcast section, search for a scandal, After Buzz TV or After Buzz TV, whichever is easier for you. When you go there, um, make sure you rate, comment, subscribe, but most importantly, share with a friend, or should I say another gladiator, whether that's a family member, friend, associate, somebody you meet on the street. However, you hear somebody else who likes Scandal, let them know about the Scandal After Buzz TV podcast. We would really appreciate it. And we appreciate everybody who leaves comments and um, subscribes, and we do respond to your comments, too. Um, we really do appreciate it, guys. YouTube, we are really appreciative of all our YouTube fans, um, all the views and ratings that we get on there. We don't want to forget you guys, but guys, like I say every week, also please make sure you go to iTunes, too, and rate. <laughs> comment subscribe because that's what keeps the lights on and keeps us coming here to do our favorite after show every single week um and twitter guys on twitter we love you so much and we do appreciate you and we all interact with you throughout the week so if there's any topics or um scenes that we missed in today's episode or tonight's episode please mention it tomorrow on twitter or on youtube or on itunes
questions and we will continue the conversation with you and to the people in the chat role who are a little confused we're not doing scene by scene tonight we switched it up we're doing topics um there's one more thing podcast app the podcast app is this neat little app um, that you can get from the app store and it puts all your podcasts into one app and it will automatically download it for you and it's a great app we all have it on our devices um, and you can get it from the app store and now and other there's another store right oh and the AfterBuzz TV store which is on AfterBuzzTV.com where you can get all these neat little things like mugs you can get t-shirts you can get um the baby onesies onesies I was about to say leotard the baby <laughs> the baby onesies um, all these neat little things you can get from the AfterBuzz TV store so um, make sure you do that on AfterBuzzTV.com and we really appreciate it um I think that's everything. Yeah. <laughs> that was a mouthful. So now we're going to talk about um, start with Cyrus and Fitz. Mm. Because we, we knew it was 10 months later, but I didn't know if, obviously none of us knew what exactly happened. If he's discussed this with them, that he knows about Defiance now and how that relationship was. And it was nice to see how over time we realized that he still hasn't discussed this with Cyrus or pretty much anybody. I wouldn't, I mean, a lot of times when someone is so upset or feel betrayed, a lot of times you don't say anything orig- um, initially because you're so mad. Ten months, though? It's, if, it's, if this is a game of uh, poker, if you're playing chess, you don't throw all of your moves out yeah. in the beginning. It was. It's kind of strategic for him to not say anything. I it's agree. a little childish for him to be kind of bratty about it, but I understand the, the anger and the betrayal that he feels. But strategy-wise... To keep them like on their toes and guessing, I'm going to be shady with you and I'm going to box you out and I'm going to do it so you can come to me and ask me what's the problem and tell me what you did. <laughs> because because if you think about it, how long have they known this secret? True. So he has to. I, I, I totally and, agree with and you. And I, I agree with everyone. And also, too. This is the most presidential we have seen fit since he woke up from his coma. Yeah. He technically doesn't need them. He's the president of the United States of America, and I think that's what he was showing them. I, just, I don't need you. No, no. I mean, he does. Don't get me wrong. He okay. needs them. But for the for just like what she was saying, they have to come to him. And and if you think about it, this when basically when obviously you know we find out that four people got kidnapped, we find out that they're not actually just you know normal individuals. They're basically like CIA operatives. You know, Fitz basically you know has a meeting with um, the ambassador of the country in question. Doesn't tell Cyrus. Cyrus realizes he's being shut out. Cyrus immediately goes to Melly, which is what they always do, and basically has a really you know kind of eloquent speech, basically saying. He doesn't trust us. He's not leaning on us. If, in fact, he doesn't lean on us, he's going to lean on someone else. And if that happens, someone else will be riding our horse throughout the White House or across the finish line. So basically, we need to buck up. We need to figure out what's going on and we need to fix this problem. But basically, that's what he allowed them to do. And in that scene, when Cyrus walks in the room after basically Fitz decides that he's going to send in the SEAL team... That was the most nervous we have seen Cyrus Bean, with the exception of when he had the naked scene with James. He was quivering. Um, If I may, Mr. President, the way he was talking, he wasn't normal Cyrus, because at the end of the day, Fitz can be like, you're fired. He can't fire him. Do, do, do you know what I mean? So at the end, so literally, they both had to strategically come for him in the same point that so Cyrus basically had to grovel, and I don't mean to be disrespectful or rude, and so did Melly. Mm-hmm. Melly literally had to get on her knees. 
No, no, but let's not, and I don't mean to be adult, so adult warning here, any kids, please do not listen to this, but if you think about it from the perspective of who Melly is, Melly doesn't like children. <laughs> Melly washed her hands after the baby. So, At the end of the day, they probably have had sex once in however many this one year or the two years to, in order to conceive, you know, the baby. Do you really think she was going to exactly. do what she did in the shower? Yeah. Unless that was strategic of, her, of all things for her to do to him? Well, and then look at even right before there, if she was really into it and really sincerely trying to get in there and be intimate with him, you wouldn't have to pause for the time that she did stand there and then finally be like, <laughs> like the way she did it was like it was a chore. That's exactly what yeah. it was. But it's no it's no secret that those two are not intimate. So but, but for a split second, though, for a split second, though, you thought, because I honestly will say, like, I was like, ew. Yeah. Like, I was like, no, maybe this is a new fit. Like, maybe in the 10 months, they have gotten intimate. Because the, the, it's, a different, it's a different fit. It's a fit also. I, I don't know how we jumped over this. It's a fit who's murdered somebody. I think that we keep focusing on defiance. He has now murdered someone. He is a different person. So that cold persona he has is basically because at the end of the day, just like he you know, later says in, with Olivia, it's a betrayal because he now is a different person and this cold persona could potentially not be a facade. It could be now who he he is at his core. And Sophia, let's not also mention that he's drinking he's at five, what, 7, yeah. 8 That's what I was going to say. Yeah. The thing is, like you said, that you didn't know if maybe they had gotten intimate in the yeah. last 10 months, but the way they interacted right before they did that and the way that she yeah. got him to drink and he was kind of rude, it was still the same Fitzmelly situation. So I don't really, I, that's why it was so, that's how come we could see through Melly's act because it wasn't as if they've been doing this. No, Melly got in there, got on her knees, did what she had to do to get his mind off of things, to get him Clear. True, but we've never seen Melly pull out yeah. that card before. Well, yeah. she's desperate. Ever. Yeah. She's desperate, And I think though. that shows, and that's exactly what he wants. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because obviously, when 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 there's desperation, what do they say? Like you you um, if you want like to get people out of a situation, you light a fire, right? Because then everyone comes running out. That's exactly what he's doing. He is acting like a bratty child, but it's working because everyone's showing their hand. Cyrus showed his hand. Cyrus had to basically come and grovel, and and Fitz was like, "Yo, so Cyrus goes, do we have anything to talk about?" And he goes, "So do we." And Cyrus goes, I guess not, which basically means Cyrus not isn't willing to come clean. Same conversation basically with Melly from a different perspective. Melly doesn't come clean until it's to her advantage after Cy basically comes and ends runs around her base because Olivia has told Cyrus that he knows, right? And then jumping at four and we'll go back, same thing even with Olivia. Olivia apologizes and he made it clear to her. Mm-hmm. He basically let everyone know where he stands and is like, okay, cool. I don't need all, any of y'all. Let's keep it pushing. I just have a really quick question. Is it normal or protocol that um, that Cyrus would actually go into the president and, and the first lady's actual bedroom and shower? No, remember it was that's a why he said. Situation, though. No, 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 no. Remember that's specifically why he said. He said, "I sent two aides for you, and neither one of them would knock on the door." That is a major. You have a kidnapping on that level. Mm-hmm. Basically, what they meant is they need to get you right now. And obviously, he's in the shower. He's not answering his phone. Mm-hmm. So they sent two other people to to the to the quarters, and they wouldn't do it. So that and that is why they were so. That's why he looked so like embarrassed and that's even why the first lady was like hi Cyrus we'll be there for the christening and it was all awkward because that mm-hmm. is their private residence and normally they're not disturbed yeah there's like okay. a there's like a bat phone like I'm not trying to be funny but there's literally a special phone that rings technically there should be a special phone <laughs> in the shower mm-hmm. yeah. but that could be my just wishful thinking now, but I think is- the president would have a 
phone in the shower. This is something I was wondering last week, and I just want to briefly bring it up because when he went to Melly last week and he was saying, You're the only person I can trust in all this stuff. Was that under pretense that he didn't know that Melly was involved in the Defiance he scandal? He knew because Verna told him. Remember, he okay, well, that being was said, the first person that he named. But with that being said, then, then I don't understand that scene then if. Because, because he knows she's shady. Yeah. It's one thing exactly. to know someone is shady. Oh, all part of the... Yeah, and he said, I've always known who you were from the start. You've always been truthful to me about who you were. The problem was he didn't know that these other people could betray him that way, especially Liv. Exactly. Because, you know, Cyrus, he knows Cyrus the way he moves, but... Cyrus is supposed to like have his back like as his boy like you supposed to have my back and yeah. that was betrayal Verna he really didn't yeah. Verna that was she was team Big Jerry the whole time so she was whatever but it was Olivia that's why he's with Melly and not her well Melly's a co-piece because that scene where uh-huh. Fitz was playing with his son and she was acting that something was wrong. Like she has, what did she say? She said, I don't understand how he can spend so much time with him or yeah, something like that. Yeah, he can be there for hours. That's the only, being honest, that's the only person you can really trust. He's not corrupted yet. So he's spending time with his son and then later on... And that I, also just goes to furthermore show that Millie don't really give a damn about that baby. Exactly. But then furthermore, you talked already about uh, how Cyrus talked to Millie and that they had to do something. So she gets in the car with Fitz on the way to the christening and this is when she decides to bring up defiance. Mm-hmm. Now, now, let's just back just a little bit. When Cyrus had the conversation with Millie, how did you guys take that? Did you think that when Cyrus was was saying that you know uh, if we don't step up that uh, someone that that he'll have that he'll trust someone else? Do you think that Cyrus was somewhat saying something to Melly and Melly kind of took it and ran with it and of course crossed him or like wh- what was your take on what Cyrus said to Melly? I think Cyrus knows Melly a little better than other people because they're kind of the same person. Like mm-hmm. when they both said they didn't like babies, like they have, they kind of work the same way. They're different, but they kind of operate, they move, they move similar. Mm-hmm. I think he knew what to say to get Melly to react and do what she had to do to talk to Fitz because Cyrus isn't talking to him. He was in the office and Fitz said, do you have something <laughs> you want to talk to me about? And he was like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. But then I just think, I think a part of it was, was, was true so like he was saying if we don't pull him back in he's gonna lean on someone else he did that with Amanda, Tan- Amanda Tanner when Olivia left and he fell apart he slipped up and started sleeping with her so it is possible because now Fitz he's not talking to anybody when you isolate yourself you're gonna lean on the first person that gives you that glimmer of hope and 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 Cyrus was putting it to Melly like if we don't do what we gotta do this, this somebody's gonna come along, and then they're going to knock us out of the out of here. Like and then, we're done. Keep in mind what he told her too. I don't know why did he told her that he thinks that Fitz knows about defiance. And remember what she was saying. Oh no, he's upset because something Olivia, happened with Olivia. Olivia. Yeah. It's like she come up with all these excuses. Melly's apparently been in denial for ten months about what's going on with Fitz. So she finally has this revelation. So it wasn't just okay, something's wrong with my mm-hmm. husband. She was in jeopardy too because she was part of defiance. But you know what? From Melly's perspective. She didn't know, she didn't know the Verna backstory. Like she knew Verna was in on it, but Fitz never said anything to anybody about Verna's speech to him. So for Melly, last time Olivia left him or broke up with him, he went crazy. You know, he fell off the wagon. So from her point of view, she was probably really thinking, 
Olivia did something to mm-hmm. him, they probably, you know, broke up again, and here we go again. I'm, and now every time Olivia does him wrong, he runs back to me. Remember when they were there at the dinner table yeah. yep. with the baby clothes, and she was, like, talking to him all chummy because he let her on earlier, and then he flipped back again. Mm-hmm. To her, everything that Fitz does is about Olivia. So <laughs> she really probably thought... She was like, no, it's Olivia. She really probably thought that. Great, yeah. You, great point. And ironically, yeah. it is still Olivia. Like yeah. how all roads lead to Fitz, all mm-hmm. roads lead to, Olivia, mm-hmm. lead to Olivia. I want us to talk about this car scene, though, in detail. Because mm-hmm. the way Millie played that, the way she talked, she she basically said, which is kind of what I was thinking, too. She said that Cyrus was the reason that we all went inside. But- the first thing that she said to kind of show that she has her husband's back, she was like, here, have a mint. Did you smell like you alcohol? You smell like alcohol. Right. And, and so that, she was warming him up. But I don't know, because uh, Sophia brought up a good point. I'll let her bring it up um, when she talks. But when we were watching it, the, the one where you were saying that you didn't know if possibly... Um, you he was playing yeah. her. Yeah. So they have this interaction and, you know, she's saying, you know, you can trust me. Cyrus is the one who set us up. She said Cyrus is the one who pushed uh, Olivia. Cyrus is the one who pushed me. Cyrus, Like, she's throwing Cyrus under the bus completely. And then she went to the extent of saying, you know, you can't trust him. You should go with your gut. You follow your instinct on the whole still before, thing. But before we go to there, yeah. she is brilliant brilliant because what she strategically did is she wove in truth so she did throw herself underneath the bus Mm -hmm. she goes i am not ashamed at at what i have done and what i'm willing to do or had was willing to do to get you into the white house and she even put it on herself like for her melly to be in the white house she goes "I'll, i'll i'll i'm not apologizing for that she goes however the mastermind wasn't me so did I go along because I had aspirations of being first lady and for you to be president? Yes. Yes. And that matches up with Fitz's belief of who she is. Then even, and this is where she was perfect, she even aligned herself with Olivia. Because at the end of the day, she doesn't know where Fitz stands with Olivia. So she basically was like, it's Team Cyrus and it's Team Melly and Olivia. Because if any one of those three Fitz is still going to trust, she's perceiving it's Olivia. And, so not, she- and not only that, but he said Cyrus stole the election and he got Liv, uh, Verna, and me involved. That's what exactly what it said. So he threw he's, he threw Cyrus' name out there and said that he was the one who did it. But he did get me, Verna, and Liv uh, involved. So you see the, the you see the difference of, of what he said. He's throwing Cyrus out there, and then she's and then she's lowering her Liv and uh, Verna. But on the flip side, though, when you flash back to the last episode, Verna told Fitz that Hollis rigged the election and that Hollis Thank you. I was going to say that because she never mentioned Hollis in she the conversation. Never mentioned Hollis. Well, that's why she overplayed her hand. So exactly. So when she was saying that and as soon as she said that I was I, I immediately was like but Melly, don't give information that you aren't asked. If somebody doesn't ask you the question, you don't answer it. That's right. Why would you go like don't you don't know he has an idea, but Melly doesn't even know how he has this idea. So instead of her just dump data dumping all this information out, first she should have said, Okay, Cyrus said he thinks he knows about defiance. How? Who would yes. have told him this? It wasn't me, Melly. It wasn't Cyrus because he's he's about to poop his pants. Olivia, she couldn't have done it because that'll ruin their relationship. The only missing two links are Hollis and Verna. Melly, she just. She, I think the problem is, yeah, away. no, they're they're scared little rabbits. They're not yeah. thinking strategically. You're you're completely mm-hmm. right. That should have been their first. Their first question should be, how does he know? <laughs> yeah, and, oh, I agree with you. And last week, 
I said how Verna, when you have when you have people together, you know, doing crime or doing something wrong, when the ish hits the fan, everybody starts to throw everyone under the bus. Verna already threw everyone under the, uh, under the bus. Doyle did it. Um, um, Cyrus did he? No, um, no, Cyrus no. didn't. But Verna, Verna, uh, Verna, and Hollis Doyle did. And now you have Melly now throwing someone under the bus. So now you could throw, you can put her on Verna. True, in a, but also too, like I just want to move on because I think that not only is Melly brilliant, and you're completely correct, Fitz is amazing. And we have seen it in season one where there are mm-hmm. moments where he can flip it in a way where he says, you know, to live, you under, uh, underestimate what a great politician I am. Even in that scene, I think, you know, exactly what Camelia said in reference to the fact that Verna said it was Hollis, Melly overplayed her hand, right? Oh, totally. But the way that Fitz reacted was genius because he basically needed to make sure that she thought he bought it number one number two fit is in somewhat of kind of a zombie coma state right so his questions are what he's saying to her that's valid he's missing live right he's missing that person to believe in him to tell him what he's doing is right right so the words are true who he's asking for guidance is not in fact a person he needs to be asking but in fact he followed her direction she said trust your gut you're the president. Anything you... And he goes, I need to know that what I do is right. She goes, by virtue of you being the president, whatever you do is right. And if it's not, then we'll figure out the next step because you're the president. So then when he walks in the christening, he again p- puts on his presidential persona, says to Cyrus, call the SEAL team right now. They're at Cyrus's christening. Cyrus doesn't take any personal days for anything. Yeah. So let's just be real. So at his child's christening, he's like, no, make the call now before the christening. Mm-hmm. And then he basically, I don't, rem- I don't recall exactly what Cy said, but basically Fitz's response was, did I stutter? That's not what he really said, you guys. <laughs> he basically yeah. was like, did, you, did I stutter? Mm-hmm. Do it right now. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And like, don't worry about it. You can write about this in your memoirs. Keep it pushing. Yeah. But I my question it- is, did he, was he playing Melly with that card or did he really... Did he really change his mind based on Melly's speech about sending the SEAL team in? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, that, 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 that. I think he did. I think he did. Because I think that at the end of the day. (sighs) You think he did change his mind? I think he did change his mind. Like, in the same point that it's kind of like, not change his mind for the reason that you think, but he was, he's playing with everybody. So even when Cyrus said, he was like, okay, cool, Cy, I'll do what you want. And then it's like, in the limo, he basically was like, oh, I obviously want to change my mind. And it's a good way to basically get Melly back on my side. And I think that, and I, I think we're going to see this a lot. Anytime he realigns with Melly, it's going to be cold fits, for lack of a better word. It's like Jekyll Hyde, right? So basically, that's what he did. He, like, tapped into his negative power source. I know I'm a dork, a nerd. But he tapped into his negative power source, and now he's back to being cold fits. And he's like, okay, cool, I'm sending in the SEAL team, and I'm not going to listen to Cyrus. And it turns out that he was wrong. And that's why you you have to make calculated decisions, because Cyrus is like, we don't have enough intel. You can't just go off of your emotion. Again, that's what he's always faulted fits for doing. The presidency is beyond simply emotion and wearing some figurative white hat. There are tough decisions that need to be made. You need to be strategic, and that's what Cyrus is good at. And technically, that's what Melly's good at, too. Mm-hmm. That's why he has to have a team. I have a decision I have to make. What? I have to inform all of you guys about this great movie that comes out <laughs> in theaters on March 8th called Serial Buddy. So, uh, After Buzz TV uh, CEO and executive producers, uh, Kevin Undergar, Maria Menounos, they are presenting... Uh, uh, this series, uh, this uh, serial buddy comedy, and it stars um, 
uh, Two Broke Girls, Beth Bayers, R.D. Lane, Kathleen Gifford, Christopher Lloyd, Christopher McDonald, and Maria Menounos, and the voice of legendary TV actor Henry Winkler. So it's Serial Buddies. It comes out March 8th. The cast, I've already said, I personally have already seen the movie, and it's a really laugh-out-loud, really funny um, movie. Think of, like, Dumber and Dumber meets um, Bob um, the Dead. No, or like Dexter. It's like Dexter yeah. meets Dumber and Dumber. It's a really funny comedy. Um, and so check it out. It comes into theaters March 8th. The website is www.serialkillers.com. And this is an AfterBuzz TV production with uh, the founders, uh, Kevin Undergaro and uh, Maria, Und- Maria Menuno. So check it out, Serial Buddies, March 8th in theaters. And just one more time, the website is serialbuddies.com. Oh, I didn't say dot com. You said serial killers. <laughs> I was just, okay, you could just let it slide, and it just seemed like I was repeating it. Serialbuddies.com. dot com. So Don't go to serial killers. Right. I don't know what you're going to find. Sorry, Kevin and Maria. Yes, serial, uh, serial buddy. Um, but there are some other things I want to talk about with uh, Fitz and Melly. But we're going to talk about that offline on Twitter, YouTube, whatever. Now we want to get into Olivia and Jake. And Olivia and Fitz. When you guys first saw Jake, I tweeted yesterday, the day before, I didn't know how fans were going to react to Jake because I didn't know if he's going to be like Edison, where uh, he's kind of her love interest and, you know, there's some type of connection there. But this one, um, I did watch the clip where they first met in the coffee shop. What happened? What? You're not supposed to watch the, the clips. We don't want. I'm, no, no, that's not true. I'm team no spoilers, but I make an exception on Wednesdays. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I've stopped. I, I have to start watching spoilers, and I the same yeah. way. I watch it. Don't I, I can't anymore. Yeah. I just want to see. I'm, I love the show. I can't. Me too. Um, but <laughs> so I watched the clip. So when when he first hit her phone with the elbow, I don't know. Something just didn't seem right about him from the get go. So I wasn't surprised by the ending. Um, where we see that he's watching her on the, the screens and stuff. Um, oh, I was. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised that he was doing it to that extent, but I definitely knew that I couldn't trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think about him, though? See, I'm going to back up, and, and again, what the heck is going on with Olivia? Because at the end of the day, right, so, so you know that this young lady who has been murdered, stabbed, and put into David's um, office, right? So that means that there's like a double setup. So either they're setting up David or they were going after her and they basically had to kill her in someone else's apartment, right? Now, you tie her back to someone who's at, where were they at? Were they at the Pentagon? Pentagon. At mm-hmm. the Pentagon. So the, what he does intel for the Joint Chiefs of Staff at the Pentagon. I know you're Olivia Pope, but so once you find out that information so you think you're gonna play this intel dude and even just from their their exchange she should realize like she was pretty much up against not necessarily equal but someone who obviously wasn't dim-witted right so i'm not sure what her motivation was and i know i'm going backwards forward because making the phone call i'm like okay maybe she's just trying to get some more information from him but the way that she smiled at the end like she was actually giddy about going on this date no, 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 no. She needs to shore up. Screw the emotion. Just like Harrison said, this isn't a business of emotions. This is getting the job done. Olivia is crossing things too much. Now, yes, I know she's suffering because of fit. So I'm not trying to mitigate that. But at the end of the day, either you're going on a date with this man, which is out of the question because he's obviously somewhat involved in not only the death of an individual, but setting up David Rosen, or you're going to get intel. You can't be doing both. And that's the thing. I can see if they figured out they solved the whole Wendy thing. They figured out what happened with that. But the fact that that's still an open case, she she just needs to stop with this. She can't keep mixing business and pleasure. That, I mean, she she did that with Fitz. It started with business. It turned into pleasure. This started with business. It's turning into pleasure. Hopefully not, but it looked like it was. That, that guy, I mean, whew. 
at first when I saw him, I was like excited to see someone new in her life. Like I was like, oh, good. Finally, they can throw somebody in there, get Edison out of here. Um, you know, this guy, a fresh face. But then at the end, with that uh, surveillance camera, I can't. Was- and the fact that he said, I don't like quiet. And he's, she's like, oh, well, what do you like? I like people watching. Mm-hmm. And then we see the screens. No, dude, this is too much. It totally took me by surprise. I predicted, you know, Olivia was going to have a, you know, nice love connection. This is not the love connection that I had expected. She's going to have a love connection, but he, he isn't. Yeah. That's what it seemed like. like yes. Why are you giddy, girl? And Put so, that phone down and right. get to business. And so now, and so now, what makes me think is, um, with the whole phone drop, that obviously was planned. Um, the phone drop was probably planned, and probably bugged although it. we didn't see, although we didn't see it, but you know, crooks, right. you know, they rob you without you even knowing that you've been robbed. So he could have easily switched the phone or done something, and so that that uh, the phone drop was was um, was planted. Him being and fr- so he's been following her because yeah. yes. he's been following her, so he knows that she goes and get a little coffee, or a little muffin. So he made sure that he was there in front. You know, do the little bump. Oh, hi, what's your name? What do you do? Oh, I'm a tourist. So he's, you know, they're both obviously can't give the information. But what was what was interesting is when she went to the Pentagon and she was questioning him. At first, I was thinking like, well, uh, you she has a badge. But like, why are you if you don't know she is? Why are you why are you answering some of the questions? I thought that was why is he answering these questions? Like, I wouldn't. Oh, I and, was, and how did he even get that meeting? Like, why did he even take? Exactly. Meeting? He knew who yeah. she was. And so they and that's when. That to me is point for him, minus point for Olivia. Because obviously the 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 guy who runs Intel for the Joint Chiefs of Staff isn't having a random meeting with nobody. So the minute you say Olivia Pope, we all have these things, right? Mm-hmm. As well as computers. So before she comes in, even though he obviously ran into her, no, you like send a text to your assistant and you go, Who's Olivia Pope? Versus you don't need to do that because we all know who Olivia Pope is. You, do you know what I'm trying to say? So don't play this coy thing. Is we all know Olivia Pope is a fixer. So it would have made more sense if he had said, so what are you here for? Like, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. The fact that she didn't read that, that's what's problematic. Again, Olivia isn't doing her job. When he says, I know how to read people, he's doing his job. She is not. Ha 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 ha. But we got let's think back though, giving Olivia a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Before we don't know what she was doing before she worked on Fitz's campaign. She's only been fixing for two years. She's still a rookie out here. Like she's not as seasoned as we think. I agree. Maybe no, maybe agree. she is, but we don't know the backstory. And remember So she's making rookie mistakes. She wants to play with the big boys, but she doesn't have she doesn't have like she's not to that level yet. We we think and, and we you, want her to be, but she ain't. She's not there yet. And I don't know if it was last week or week before. You know, Sophia, you did say let's back up. Olivia is young compared to the That's people right. that she's dealing with. You said mm-hmm. give or take, yeah. she's maybe thirty five. Yeah, Cyrus and them, they're all in their fifties. They, they've been in the game a whole lot longer. Mm-hmm. So this also just shows her her um, her fun. young her uh, what's the word I'm looking for her um, her lack of years in this whole uh, DC game. Yeah. yeah. And also, too, though, this is my thing is, do they not have, do they not sweep her place after the whole Artie and the, and the Thorn Gate? And no, but I mean, seriously, I know I'm about to get amped up, but seriously, like, 
Does, do, do they not sweep Olivia's house for bugs? Like, there's just too much stuff where I think that Olivia tries to, again, act normal, and she's not normal. I don't know if it's because, obviously, her associates are disarray, but, like, Huck, somebody, they're not doing their job. And she needs some more locks on that door for that one little lock. Yeah, because when she came in with the lights off, I was like, uh-oh, somebody's in the house. <laughs> I, like, I, I actually thought oh, it was like Edison. I was like, oh, my God, oh, she opened no. the door and it's Edison, I'm fall out. Oh, but, my God, no. But, no, I mean, yeah, I think it's, it's problematic, but I, I guess can't wait to see where that Jake story line goes because it went completely different than where I thought it was going to go but we have to talk I've been waiting the whole episode to talk about Olivia and Fitz because mm-hmm. they hadn't had any type of interaction really until the christening right mm-hmm. hadn't had any type of interaction what's up she started off swimming you remember when oh, she was swimming yes. she was having those she's flashbacks. swimming he's drinking she's swimming he's drinking they showed it twice very symbolic because mm-hmm. she's wearing a white bathing suit and a white swim cap gotta keep the sisters can't, can't get the hair wet <laughs> she, she had on the white swim she had on a white bathing suit and a white cap on both uh, on both occasions. No, the no, second no, time no, she had she a black, had a black cap. cap on. She, well, she had a black cap on, but she still had on the white bathing suit with the little black. It, it's but, still, but again, but it's symbolic for a reason, and 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 you you bring up an amazing point because before she still was wearing the white hat. For lack of a better word, after that exchange, I'm just going to call it an exchange with Fitz. She was now sullied. So that's why the second swimsuit was white with black, black piping, right? So it was a little sullied, and same thing, the hat was the reverse. Mm-hmm. So I think it is very symbolic in terms of the coloring of what she's wearing. I like what she told Abby, because Abby was worried about David, and she was dealing with that situation and trying to cope with that. She told her, work helps, so does exercise. She said, dating kind of helps, and it helps to remember that they hate you, and you have to hate them too. Mm-hmm. And just to see her go through that was a little rough, but... And, and let's back up. And, the, and she says right in between uh, those two phrases, she goes, because it helps to be numb. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, that to me is problematic. That works if, in fact, you are capable of numbing your emotions. She is not. Do you know what I mean? Or else, no, seriously, <laughs> not, or else she could have, she would have literally, first of all, when Cyrus mentioned Fitz, she wouldn't have said, let's not talk about him, because she wouldn't have had such an emotional response. Mm-hmm. You, you would have been able to go about your day, if, and literally Cyrus was like, cool, we have the christening, I'll have you in and out an hour. It wouldn't have been an issue, right? But, but didn't Abby also reference something about, I thought you were talking about yourself? Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, I mean, they're not stupid. Yeah, they know something. They're they not know. stupid, so they don't know. They don't know if it's Edison or who it is, but they know obviously she's they, hurting. She's hurting from something. Yeah. She's hurting from something. When she walked into the church, though, I remember you guys commented about her walk because you guys were telling her to bring it at first. This is the first time she's seen Fitz, and then she gave that look. She gave it look like I'm here. I want you to notice me, you know, but. What? The walk, and they, I do this all the time. You remember? Um, do you remember? You do Olivia's walk? No, no. But, <laughs> no, no, no. I do this all the time where I reference. You remember Waiting to Excel when Gloria, played by Loretta, Loretta Devon, was doing the Walked walk? Across the street. Oh, Walking yeah. across the street. Oh, my <laughs> God. He's Hines, rest in peace. She put that walk on and that's in the sanctuary, boy. That She was giving it. And just the, the, the tension they had between them. Um, during the whole ceremony, but it was right after that when she was walking away because she she didn't even stay for any ceremony reception or anything. She walked out right as soon as the ceremony was over. When she was walking away, that anticipation that you saw as Fitz was walking, edging up closer behind. No, 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 no. It was it was the christening. Then they actually did have some kind of reception. That was when James like basically gave a speech. So then you can see she's literally like, "Yo, you guys need to hurry up." Like she is basically waiting for the exact moment when it's over for her to then leave, and then she's walking. 
walking down the then hallway. Then when she was walking in the hallway, that's it. Then she was walking in the hallway. And then when you saw that, I think we all saw the shadow first in the hallway when Fitz was coming. And then when he came like storming behind her and she tried to speed up her walking. And then when they got to the closet, closet Well, gate. no, first of all, just the way that he yanked, yanked her. her. Oh, yeah. I can't do it. I, that whole scene was, thank, oh my God. Because when we saw that, was it? When they do the, the uh, mature, parental. Yeah, parental discretion, <laughs> mature content, all that stuff. But this was by far the sexiest sex scene that they've had on the show. Well, on ABC, period. Yes, I would think so, yeah, because it got Goodness. heated in there. Sheesh. It got pretty hot in there, in that closet. I would use a different word, but I can't say that on there. <laughs> <laughs> it did get hot. It did. But at the same time, it was very sad because we know they're both obviously still struggling with what they're dealing with. No, but I think this is important, though, because there there's a lot in their relationship. So he pulls her into the closet. Sorry, we go too fast through these scenes for me. So he yanks her into the closet, right? And just immediately they start going at it. And then she catches herself like, no, dude, like you, you basically professed your love to me, right? You told me that regardless of what I was doing with Edison, that you were divorcing your wife. You asked me not to marry Edison. You told me to wait for you and you basically reaffirm that we're into this together and you're and I'm going to wait for you, right? So you're basically telling me to tell my 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 fiance to go away. So any any chance of normal or someone loving me that I can love in public in front of everyone else, I I must give that away, right? And or give that up. I did that when I then basically have fully committed, right, for the second time to basically be like, I'm fully vested in this relationship. And she's so ecstatic to say that I'm I'm going to wait for you in church and actually tells him in public. And he basically dismisses her in a way that to me is worse than the restaurant scene, because at least the restaurant scene, he had the wherewithal to give her privacy. That's no privacy in front of everyone. Granted, they didn't hear, right? So then she basically catches herself and is like, no, dude, after 10 months, you can't just pull me into a closet and start, like, kissing me. So she slaps him, right? So we all thought for a split second, like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? I didn't. No, I, I, I mean, so, yeah, no. After I'm she just, slapped him, I was like, me, okay, kiss again. Just, exactly, yeah, right? <laughs> so <laughs> she slapped him, and we all stopped, like, oh, my God, well, what's going to happen, right? Because technically, no, at Treegate, it was done. When she when she pushed him off at Treegate, we may have thought she was going to go back, but she goes, I don't belong to you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I'm not yours. And that was the end of the scene. So technically, the same thing could happen there. And then not only do they obviously continue, but it is also very different than any other type of sex scene we've seen in Scandal. Mm-hmm. And I think that the end result, it was definitely more aggressive it wasn't as passionate even and i and i have to listen to it again the music was very different stevie the pacing Wonders, was yeah. different different for for that scene no i think it was stevie wonder in the in the in the reception uh, scene yeah. but in that actually closet scene i think the music was different and the the camera angle was jarring it was very it was very different and then i'll let someone else finish it off yeah it was very it was like a hunger it was weird it was it was it was difficult so once they got done they fixed their clothes up they walked out into the hallway. When they were walking away, Liv says, I'm sorry. And then she says, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. And then he turns around and she said, she told him about the fine. No, no, no. He, he goes, he goes no, 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 no. He goes, it won't happen again. No, right. no. He said, we both did. did. And then he said, yeah. And then he happen. said, okay, okay. It, won't, it won't happen okay. again. And then is that when she said, about defiance. She says, she says, I mean, uh, then she says, I mean, defiance. And he says, that was not a mistake. That was betrayal. 
And I, then he says, go ahead, who I wants to say, say it? When he said, I may not be able to control my erections. Yeah. I I, had to, no, he goes, he goes, we're done. He goes, we're done. And the way he basically, he, he comes again into her personal space. He doesn't say this from a distance, right? He literally comes basically into her personal space, stands up really tall so that he's actually towering over her, and he goes, we're done. And then he, just to make very clear, he goes, I may not be able to control my erection when I'm around you, but we're done. So basically what he's saying is, yeah, I may occasionally get aroused Mm-mm. and I need to get it, but this is over. So for me, that was the first time Olivia Pope was in fact the mistress. Let's put it into a real life perspective. And I'm, we talked about this off camera. Because I'm ready. Please. Olivia's not tough enough in these situations for me. I get that that's who she is. And, and like Sophia said uh, off camera, it's true to who she is, the character. But in real life, smart mouth, when you get put in that situation and someone disrespects you right in your face, you could come back. You didn't say you didn't you didn't say that when you we was in the closet. You know, it was it's always something like you weren't talking that when you called me when you was calling me on my phone from the Oval Office talking that jibber jabber. Like she, I, exactly. I, want, I want her to have these yeah. some more some more comments because she keeps taking these jabs. She took the jab at the church. You had Tim. You know when a woman is betrayed and when a woman feels like she was done wrong in a situation. She practices what she's going to say the next time she sees this dude. And she's like, okay, so if he says this, I'm going to come at him and I'm gonna be like, you know what? Forget you. Or she like she has these different scenarios. When he jabbed her like that, to me, it was like she didn't, pra- she didn't have no backup the scenarios Olivia, in, her, in, her, in, her, see, in her head. The Olivia I want to see is kind of the Olivia that we saw with Edison. Okay. I want to see the Olivia that we didn't see when she took the tire arm to Abby's, uh, <laughs> Abby's husband. Exactly, Camelia. Thank That's you. That's what I want to see. Thank you. Let's, tired of it. let's go back to the conversation that she had with Edison when she talked about the kind of love that she wanted. She was describing the love that she want, that she had with Fitz. And <laughs> I, have always, I have always said that Edison, he's a half dude. He's a half man and Olivia does not like a half man. Fitz is very Fitz Fitz is very in control um a lot of times in the relationship. He's very in control of the relationship. Olivia when it comes to her, the man her man that she likes, she is she Fitz is in control of the relationship. Now as far as her wanting to to respond and to buck up and do all those things, let's keep it real. Her conscience has got the best of her. She knows that Fitz uh, knows about defiance. But that's no way to treat her like that. I need to come in for a second. I need to come in. Let me finish. Imagine you holding on to a lie to the person that you love. I don't care. For- I'm going to cut you off on purpose. I'm going to cut you off on purpose. This you is the this is thing. Is homeboy? No, Not seriously. This is this is this is a problem. Okay. People are not perfect. Period. Okay? Everyone makes mistakes. She cannot continue to to demean herself and to think of herself as less than a human being and less than a full-fledged adult woman and then continue to deal with people who also do bad things. Okay? We, because we love Olitz, sidestep, cross over the fact that Fitz is married. Olivia is not married. Okay? Fitz is the president of the United States of America and he is continuously cheating on his wife. Okay, and cheating on his wife in a way where he's doing it in her face. Olivia needs to, if anything, in this situation, and I'm going to switch it up and gladiators, you can hate me. 
if we want to talk about man, not man, Edison, I may not like him, but Edison is a man. You cannot degrade him. Like, do not disrespect him in that way of calling him any less than a man. Edison was very clear about what he wanted. He asked her. He pushed a little bit when he wanted to. When she set boundaries, she respected the boundaries. When he felt like, I'm going to push a little bit, he did that. When he felt like he was potentially losing his woman and he had to up the ante, he did that as well. And even in that exchange, when they talk about the love that they need... Olivia is actually half-sided, and that's why she gets m- messed up. What, what, what Edison talked about, love being easy, and what she talked about, the two need to exist together in order to have love. You cannot have love only be bad and only be crazy. You also need the easy. The reason that Olivia's love is bad with it is because she doesn't think she is worthy. No person can make you feel worthy if you do not feel worthy. As she needs to step up, and that has nothing to do with Fitz being a man. Mouth. Fitz As is disrespectful, and to me, and I have to go there on Valentine's Day, the way he treated her to then call him a man, that's disrespectful respectful to men. So I just need to, Sophia Stanley, say that that in that that action is not what makes a man. That's disrespectful. And a man does not res- disrespect a woman that he loves regardless of what she does. Period. And so, all, and so all of the things that she's done mm-hmm. and been, and all the things that she lied to this man, and he had the so right to feel the way the that thing, he feels. Here's the bottom thing. line, that's what I here's think. The thing. I do, hold on. I do, n- n- go ahead. No, I was no, going to say, no, here's the thing. Time. Go ahead. Even though he understands what Olivia did and all this stuff, if you truly love someone, there are certain things where you should not do and you cross the line. I feel like this in this moment, and I understand where you're coming from because I understand there's some people who aren't to that thing where they want their man to be a little more dominating, want their man to be in control and that type of stuff. But in this particular situation where... He treated her the way he... It was almost like a spit in the face. Yeah, okay, Olivia, like spitting on I her. see you, boo. I just used you for sex right quick. It may happen every once in a while. So I just need you to understand that. But we're done. So she, it's never. That's that's basically what he said, though. And, and, she got what she deserved. No, no. Oh, no, she didn't. No, no bam, she didn't. No. That's what I will say. Yes, no, I and know. I will say this. I've, I've, everybody, nobody's perfect, like Sophia said. Everybody has done something dirty, and everybody has felt guilty about something. True, it's not as big as election rigging, but everybody has felt bad about something. But I don't feel that bad about by myself where I'm going to let you disrespect exactly. me in my face. I don't care who you are. Yep. That's just hum- That's just being a human. As a woman, as a man, as a child, you teach your kids when you raise a kid, don't let nobody disrespect you. You be respectful to people and you, you're kind and you're loving, but the minute somebody disrespects you, you got to show them what time it is. And the fact that he felt like it was okay, I don't care what he has on her, I don't care what she rigged, don't talk to me this way. And the fact that she didn't have this arsenal coming out of like out of, out of the gunsling and ready to shoot him up with, with words, that that's what bothered me. I didn't like it. We, but then we, what, we, we, what we, he did I'm is not, I'm sorry, what he did is not even love, though. If you truly love someone, I can understand that you, that she did what she did and you're hurt by that. But even if somebody hurts you, you still love them. I, I don't think that the love is gone completely. He st- still love her and respect her to a point. But this is this is the thing, childish. though. This is the thing is he's he's definitely childish. And the funny thing is, if you think about childish. it, because their relationship has existed in a bubble, they haven't fully seen the full totality of who they are. So ironically, in last episode, when she goes, "You don't know who I am." A, that's true, and she doesn't know who Fitz is because up until last episode, none of us would have thought that Fitz was capable of murder. 
right? So again, adulterer and murderer are two completely different people. We are seeing a completely different side to Fitz. And I think, and it's so funny, I have to mention this, but on Twitter, someone mentioned on Twitter that it was actually Mari, one of our original hosts in season one, who said Fitz has always felt slimy to her. And I think if we go back and we watch, because he's so charming, because of the nature of the relationship, we've glossed over a lot of things. But his ability to flip-flop a lot of times and to play both angles, again, remember what Verna says. Verna goes, you're spoiled, you're pampered, you're all these things, but you're not dumb. Hmm. All of the people in his life often underestimate him and they pretend that he's dumb. He knew exactly what he was doing because, again, go back to the Rose Garden. When she says, I'm feeling very Sally Hemings, Thomas Jefferson about this, the reason the Rose Garden was Rose, Rose Garden was so fitting is because basically he's like, you're no victim here. You're consenting to this because I love you and we are soulmates, so we're not just screwing around. In that closet, he reversed everything and basically was a power play because it wasn't saying mm-hmm. you consent. He was saying... I'm the president of the United States of America. So if my gets hard, I'm do this, and there's nothing you can do about it because I know you can't stop me. Well, Bam Erickson still feels what he feels, and I'm going to just keep it at that, and I know we have to keep it going. Yeah. I know we have to we have to move forward. So. I think, Please. Real quick, I think yes, Fitz, when he killed Verna, he turned into his dad. I think this whole situation, the drinking, the attitude, mm-hmm. the yep. dominance, the way he walks, yeah, the way he carries himself, he has now become his father. Yeah, we uh, we didn't really discuss the, the whole drinking issue because I think that's going to play into... Oh, definitely. It's going to play into uh, later episodes. Um, but guys, we definitely want to continue the conversation on Twitter, YouTube, whatever media works best for you, and we will respond. So please talk with us about this um, later on tonight, tomorrow, whenever it's convenient for you. Now we're going to go into news and gossip. We got heated, guys. I know, right? Yo, me. Hey. 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 Anybody Ooh. have any, any pertinent news? <laughs> No, but again, happy Valentine's Day, gladiators <laughs> everywhere, global gladiators. Um, you know, just normal news, which is, I, I think that it's great that this is now the new normal. Ratings have been absolutely awesome. So, gladiators, I am so glad that you you are using your remotes as your swords. Um, but again, one of the things that until kind of they change the Nielsen ratings, make sure as much as possible that you try to watch Scandal in real time. You can watch in real time and then DVR it and then watch it again on ABC.com. But the way that the ratings work now now is it really does only track for the most part in real time. So if you can just, you know, turn on your TV if you happen to be busy, you know, and then come back and watch it again. But it really does. It really does help with the ratings. And which also on a side note with DVR, you have to watch it within three days in order for it to for count for the ratings. So you have to watch it within three days. Mm, good to know. That's good to I know. know. I never knew that. I never knew that. Shout out. All right. Well, oh, my goodness. And this is a very special uh, Valentine's Day shout out to all gladiators, no matter where you are. I think even in the chat room we had um, a gladiator from the Netherlands um, who is watching us I think live but you know the reason that we do the shout outs is because we really appreciate you we appreciate you on iTunes rating subscribing commenting and telling a friend on Twitter and as well as YouTube we often continue the conversation as well as on on iTunes it's kind of how we formulate a lot of our theories how we figure out what to talk about Um, and more importantly you guys just give us good suggestions on how to make the show better so as always I'm going to start off with iTunes we have Caspine, Daz, Philly, Cutie, Gay Dude Zero, Kelly Twenty Three, LA Angel Twenty Twelve, Sandpan Cho Girl, Soap Bubble, and for Twitter we have Angela Sixty Three Sixty Two Ninety Five Eighty Eight, B R Holland, Damon Williams, DC Gladiator, Aaron Scandalous, Gladiate K. 
Joe Southern Florida, Jolie Haitian 79, Melly Jam 512, Miss Drea 1913, Pins 360, Scandalous Jenny, Scandalous Love It, Scooboot, Shimmy Coco, S'mores Gifts, Gifts, The Toy Man 1, Tish Marine 93, Tiny 626, and for YouTube, we have 1565 Yaramar, 23SML, SML, Alexis 4401, Lewis 0617, Apothecary 21C, Baby Girl 4949, Jane Smith, Janine R, Jessica Ahibo, Cassandra Klein, Lawyer Lady 45, Leah Sherd Belmont, Lewis Chapel, Lissandra Sophia Gomez D, Malazol 2, Mega Bad Girl, Mercedes Keys, Mail Door 76, My Name is Africa. Net Ta eleven twenty six Noel three sixty D Amanapana Amanapanapia Why can I never say the long words Amanapanapia <laughs> Penelope Lane Petra Ann eight Toronto four sixteen Tracy Rocks and Tricia Cook And again Gladiators We really appreciate you guys So again As always Go on iTunes Rate Comment And Subscribe We really do read the comments And we really do appreciate the ratings And um, as you can see We always continue the conversation On both Twitter and on YouTube So the YouTube link will be on um, In the morning And on Twitter You can actually tweet us right now And um, we'll probably respond in the morning We'll continue the conversation And um, always remember Who the cold piece of the week is Mm -hmm. So tweet us And on YouTube And on iTunes And tell us who the cold piece of the week is As well as because it is Valentine's Day, tell us what your most romantic or your steamiest moment thus far is from Scandal and do that on all of the media and we really really appreciate it. Happy Valentine's Day Gladiators. (laughs) And now let's go into predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Um, The only one that I am really worried about is the uh, whole Jake Olivia thing. I think that she is going to end up, unfortunately, once again, falling into the business pleasure trap. And he's going to play her, and it's not going to end well at all. And I just can't wait to see how that unfolds. I'm glad that I was appreciating the finance. I know the finance isn't over, but I'm glad that we're finally going in a new direction with the show and we can see some other things happen. I think, like... Olivia said on the bench when she was talking to Cyrus and he got up and left, defiance is is, is never going to die. It's never going to die. The only thing happened was that one person died. But as long as those four people still know about it, it's going to come back again and it's going to linger. Not necessarily soon, but that thing is going to come back and it's going to keep biting them in the behind. That's my prediction. This is a, a piggyback and then a prediction. They're, again, they're not doing their job. They need to clean house. Mm-hmm. For the fact that, that James slash David got so close to Defiance, they need to clean house. So the fact that they've never dealt with James, how did he get so much information? How was the memory card left there? There could be other clues that they're not aware of. My prediction is one that's purely rooted out of spite. Um, so there's no basis of this. This is just my little fantasy world. Um, I hope that something happens with Fitz, where Fitz needs Olivia, and she's able to tell him to kick rocks. Yeah, I was actually thinking the opposite. I was hoping maybe Fitz will come to Olivia's rescue with this whole guy thing. Uh, my question is, how long has he been monitoring her? And has he had um, was he monitoring her the time when uh, Fitz came into the to the room and they had that one minute thing? So like, how long has this guy been into existence? That's a good question. So that's my question um, about that. And I'm just I want to see Doyle once this defines things. Resurface probably sometime before the end of season two. All right. Where can we find you guys? Ladies first. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Sophia Stanley. 
Twitter and damn it, hey, sorry. Hey, Cause, hey. Cause, no, because normally I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. At Cornelia on Twitter and at Cornelia on Instagram. <laughs> Bay America's on Twitter and Instagram. And at Emilio E. Jr. and ChaseMillie.com. And happy Valentine's Day to you. And we will see you guys <laughs> next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 